Coach Spavadol's a really good coach, and, and he's been around and uh, has had some great mentors in his in his in his coaching experience, and so uh, they'll be ready to to be here and play us. And I think they know the situation, but we, you know, for us, it's it's a matter of us being focused and and trying to get the most out of our guys this week in practice and preparation, and playing the game and, and trying to be our best this weekend. That's the goal every week. Uh, but from what I see, they're they're highly competitive, and you look at, I mean. They took UTSA all the way to overtime, you know, so a lot of respect for their coaches, a lot of respect for their for their players, um, a lot of good athletes on their team. So we're, we have to be ready. You know, we have to make sure that we're at our best because I think we're going to get their best shot this weekend. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network, Hans and Scotty. It is your Cougar preview show, talking BYU football for the next couple hours. Will Stone's going to join us. Coming up here in about 15 minutes, we'll chat with him. Uh, also, you'll hear from the head coach of uh, Texas State as well as BYU um, gets ready for another game. All right, so let's, let's just – I mean, I, I think there's a – we can be honest about this. This this game doesn't really move the meter in terms of – because you and I like to cover games and talk about games that really, really matter, yeah. that really uh, are exciting to break down, that, that the competition level's high – and we look at it from every angle and say, okay, this position group against this position group or Zach Wilson against this great defense coming out of, you know, the Pac-12 or whatever the case might be. And it's just – it's been really hard. And I am and I know BYU fans are lapping up this season, but boy, I tell you what, Texas State and Western Kentucky – like this Boise State game can't get here soon enough because yeah. I want to see this team play high-level competition. And it's not BYU's fault. Obviously, they can only play who they're playing. <clears throat> But with that said, it's just like this team deserves so much more and so much better in terms of competition than what mighty Texas State can offer them. Yeah, it does, and it's just it's obnoxious. I watched film this morning, and I only watched one game film of, of Texas State, and that was this game against South Alabama, University of South Alabama. And it was bad. From every angle, it was bad. Their back, their defensive backfield looks slow. Their quarterback's delivery is slow. Uh, ball, it's, the ball takes forever to leave his hand. His windup is slow. He's got slow feet. The running back is okay. Offensive line is is decent. Uh, the defense tries to confuse offenses. They run kind of a bizarre three-three-five, Scotty. Yeah. Uh, that in, incorporates a lot of different blitzes, and then they try to st- really slant into strength. Oh, in fact, I was going to show you. I, I just put together a couple of, of quick videos so that you can see some of the fronts and what they're trying to do, but also how they do it so poorly. <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of frustrating. You know, r- right here, this is just a um, – this is just kind of a, a defensive slant. And, you know, defensive slants are, are effective in the run game. You remember that, Scotty? Yeah. You know, you hard rams and hard lions. You slant hard into the strength. But you've got to have guys on the edge that are responsible for cutback Cutbacks, lanes. yep. And you know, when, you're, when you're watching Texas State defense, they are incapable of holding scheme, of, of doing – just some of the basic things that are asked of them. 
They also run a rush three, drop eight that looks almost exactly like BYU's defense. Here's their rush three, drop eight. So in the rush three, drop eight, there is no pressure because Texas State doesn't have three defensive linemen that can get pressure. And so I'm, I'm afraid that if they try the rush three and drop eight, Zach Wilson is just just going to undo them, just going to going to take them apart. And, um, I, you know, I think ugh, this is a 50-point game, 55-point game. And I know people are like, well, what happened with Boston College? Texas State took Boston College. They, they lost to Boston College by three. I don't know. I don't know. If Boston College, do they suck? I don't know. Um, yeah, hold on a sec. Let me pull up Boston College and see where they're at right now. They are three and two on the season. They beat Duke. They beat Texas State by, again, three. They beat Pitt. They've been blown out against Virginia Tech and lost a close one against North Carolina. They're having a pretty good season, actually. It's not bad. So, I don't know, maybe just a weird day, good matchup for some reason. Well, Texas State had a 14-point lead on Boston College. So, I will go back. I'll watch the Boston College film and try to get a sense of what Boston College is. But, oh. This film in the South, South Alabama game, it, it, it's dreadful. It's hard to watch. So let's go through your night. You had a weird dream about being back in uh, in training camp yeah. with the Colts. Stupid reoccurring dream. Put you back in a bad spot. Couldn't find and my then, cleats and then got beat by Dwight. Yeah. yeah. And then you had to – so then you wake up at 530. You're in a bad mood because of a dream, and then you got to go and you watch Texas, Texas State. State film. Yeah. I'm actually surprised you're as in good a mood as you are today. <laughs> I know, man, because it, it's not it's not fun. It's not a good team. A um, couple of quick things about Texas State. Number one, they're going to try to target their tight end. They like to hit him in the seam. I think that this quarterback's best pass is seam. But tight end number 87, uh, he had five catches. He had a touchdown in the game I watched, which he was decent. They like number five. Uh, he's the running back. His name's Sturgis. He's he's so-so. He's not as good as that Louisiana Tech running back. He's not as good as that Troy running back. Just kind of yeah. so-so. Um, their quarterback, McBride, like I said, has a, a very long, slow delivery. BYU should be able to get to him, and they should be able to make his day miserable. I fully expect to see BYU's base defense be a four-man down and man-to-man pressure. Fully expect it. In fact, I fully expect that we see that through the remainder of the season. Unless a team starts gashing them with it. Unless an offensive line just starts, you know, taking their sets and keeping the BYU defensive line out, I expect to see a four down and more of a press. And bringing schemes, bringing defensive schemes to, to create havoc. You're clowning the presser. That's what gives it that tips the hand for me when he's like, I like to create havoc. We found something that we didn't realize we could be good at. We ran it. We were good at it. Well, that tells me they're going to try to run it again. And against Texas State, it's going to work well. Because you're going to get to that quarterback and you're going to hit him because he's a slow, long delivery. And he's not a huge leave the pocket threat. 
So that's going to be a problem. Um, and then I mentioned they're probably their best defender, the best defensive player that I saw on the field, number seven, will be out for the first half of the BYU game because he was ejected in the second half <laughs> of the game against South, South Alabama for targeting. It's going to be like the same guy from UTSA who comes in the second half and gets another one, and he's yeah. going to play for about five snaps before he has to sit out again. Uh, now, they, they play different positions, but, Scotty, he is the equivalent of that guy. He's the heart and soul from what I can see. Just like that guy for UTSA was their heart and soul. When he came back, it was like, here's a nice spark. Everything's – oh, he's gone again. Man, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Uh, uh, I, I, I hope not. I, I hate seeing these guys get ejected. I, I don't care who they are. But number seven, Coleman, is, is a good he, – he's uh, – he runs the inside linebacker position when they've got four downs, and he runs more on the outside, almost in some nickel coverage when they're at three downs. But he is aggressive. It's just hard because uh, I could show you some defensive cuts here, Scotty. Uh, they're slow in pursuance, so they, they don't really swarm. I, I do feel like their offense tries to hustle. They just don't have the personnel to hustle. Um, trying to go back and look. Do you know what the line is on this guy? 28 and a half, I think. I would take BYU in that. Yeah, I think it's 28 and a half because I, I, I think some people have some respect for Texas State because of what they did against uh, Boston College. Boston College. You have 28 and a half right there. Hasn't moved, huh? Nope. I think BYU covers that. Yeah, I'd put a bag of ruffles on it. They're going to cover that. Yeah. We're going to have to, because I'm not going to bet against that. So we're going to have to find somebody to to have a bag of ruffles. Put some Starburst on it. Do you like Starburst? No. No. What would you rather, Mike and Ike or Starburst? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, none. Okay. Give me the bag of ruffles. <laughs> All right, okay, all right. Well, uh, Starburst or Skittles? I just, I hate taking the time to unwrap the dang Starburst. Yeah. It bugs me. I'm There's sure. a Starburst jelly bean. I'd take the Starburst jelly bean over Skittles. Over Skittles? Yeah, because I like the Starburst flavors, but. I do, too. The, the red and the orange, great. I went through about a five-year phase of my life, and I'm, I'm not even kidding about this, about a five-year phase of my life back into college and through some of my professional football days where I just would pop the whole Starburst paper and all in the mouth and just chew it because I, just, I didn't – taking the time to unwrap it, I'd get so frustrated because I, I – That's I, a lot of paper consumption. I there. chew my fingernails, so I don't have – I can't get them under there to pry the paper up, so – I'd just pop like three out of the pack and throw them in the mouth and chew up the paper. You and, for real, sir? And start, uh, 100% for real. You know I don't. You don't no, I know you don't lie. No. Five, about five-year period. And there then, was and a, then I was like, well, then the paper started getting stuck in my teeth. It's a little waxy. Yeah. There was a, uh, a cinnamon gum out there that had like a really thin paper. And somebody in high school told me, he's like, hey, they want you to chew it with the paper on it. I remember that. Because it will disintegrate, and it's just so you don't have to bother with it. Yeah, I remember And so that. I was like, oh, awesome. And I would just do it all the time and not even think twice about it. And then somebody goes, you are a moron. <laughs> do not. And I'm like, no, it's part of their whole marketing thing. You just it's, throw it in there. and The it paper's just, part of the gum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's digestible. 
Uh, I I just I I did grow out of it to a certain extent, but then I just kind of went away from Starburst because it was like it's not worth the hassle. It's good flavor. It is got some good flavor. That's why the jelly beans are better. The Starburst jelly beans are good. Much better than a Skittles. Okay, how about this? By the way, Mike and Ike's for me are like, you you got to go way down the list. Where, where's your Swedish fish? Uh, way above Mike and Ike's, that's for sure. Below Skittles? No, no. Skittles are above Swedish fish. Swedish fish are like, like a novelty. Like, oh, you have Swedish fish. I would like one, and you have it, and you enjoy it. I don't go out of my way to ever buy Swedish fish. Like I, if you, I do. If you had like a I little do. bag, I'd be like, oh, that's awesome. I haven't had that in a while. And you gave me one. I'm like, mm, that's great. I will have another one in 2023. <laughs> my top three non-chocolate candies go the the Sour Patch Watermelon. You know those? They're, they're a, a Sour okay. Patch Watermelon. All right. Okay. Swedish Fish and Nibs. Not the tube nibs. No, the little ones. The little ones. Yes, I'm with you on the nibs. Those are my top three non-chocolate candies, and I can and, and I could eat a lot of them. I could eat a lot of them with the best of them out there that can eat a lot of them. Something about nibs, and I don't know if it's like growing up, but uh, movie popcorn and nibs watching a movie. Yeah, so delicious, so delicious, and uh, you know, you know the other. I don't know. It's a chocolate thing. The only thing that I will ever. Uh, the only time I'll ever get it is at a movie theater. Is um, and what are they? Crap. Not Junior mints. Junior mints. Yes. You like those? Yeah. Yeah. But only at a movie theater. Yeah, the Junior mints. Uh, I've never been a Junior mints guy. Uh, I've never been a. Is it a sugar daddy? Yep. But you don't want the big bar. You want the little sugar. Is it sugar babies? Sugar babies. Yeah. I've never been a sugar. Have that. Babies they guy. they combo well with popcorn. What's the chocolate and caramel-covered one? Milk Duds? Milk Duds, yeah. I've never been a Milk Duds guy. Never been a Milk Duds. I don't like the flavor of a Milk Dud. I also feel, you know, like you chew a nib, and it doesn't feel like your jaw just ran a marathon. Yeah, that's true. You know, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like your tongue just wrote the well, alphabet 150 times. You know, you get a little older, and maybe the teeth aren't as secure as they used to be. You, you not go on a Milk Dud or a Sugar Baby, and you, you feel those tea starting to come out those roots not having the mm-hmm. same grip that they used to have on the flip side you sit that big butt on a bag of nibs for you know five ten minutes and you've just got yourself a melty mess in your and mouth just, yeah just the best lloyd's just like you got will coming up we're gonna shut up anytime soon about this this is what happens when you play texas state this is your fault tom I'm, I'm joking fine let's make it a no fun show not is fun. Lloyd the fun sucker? Yeah. Well, we're like two minutes from, from Will. I'm just telling you to go to break. No, I know. All right, Anza Scotty here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Tim Daly Infinity is where we're hanging out today, 4594 South State Street. Come by. Uh, well, I tell you what, these vehicles are so beautiful. And you're thinking, oh, there's no way. You walk into this uh, showroom and you think it's uh, the Taj Mahal. Okay, I'm telling you, 0% financing, lease options, um, used models as well. There's a ton of different ways you could get into one of these vehicles. You just got to come down and check it out. It's Utah's only Infinity dealership, Tim Daly Infinity, right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. 
Jay Drew, BYU beat writer for the Deseret News. Handicap the bowl possibilities for the Cougars. I think the New Year Six is obviously a possibility. It looks like it would be the Cotton Bowl from what most projections have them. Obviously, they have to go undefeated. They'd have to beat Boise and San Diego State. I think that's a possibility. Right now, I would say 50% chance. I think ESPN is going to work with them. They've got a quarterback now that's drawing a lot of attention. they got a fan base that travels if fans are allowed at bowl games. So I think there's a good chance that they could get a pretty decent bowl. Even if they drop one, they can get a pretty good bowl. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hanson Scotty here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is time to chat with one of our favorite people on the planet. You know him, you love him. Uh, former BYU running back, Will Snowden on the T-Mobile special guest line. Kind enough to join us. Will, how are you? Hi, Will. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Scotty, what a day. What a day, brother. Uh, how you, you hanging in there? Good. Yeah, yeah I, I can't complain too much. I, I'm feeling good. Just working away and... Just excited to, you know, whenever I get the chance to get a chance to just talk with you and, and, and uh, you know, be a part of everything you do, it's, it's it's special for me. So I appreciate it, Scotty. Likewise. Likewise. Thank you, sir. Hey, Let's Will. Let's go. Let's talk it up. Hey, Will. Oh, hey, buddy. How are you? Good. How are yeah, you? Yeah, kids doing – how are the kids? Everyone's good? Yeah, we're good, man. Hey, but, uh, uh, speaking, of, speaking of kids, uh, are you uh, – are you fighting recruiters off with a stick outside the house? Yeah, man, it's it, it, it's, uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, we we're, I talked to a lot of a lot of. Uh, it, it's been great for for Smith. He, he's having a good season. He's a really talented uh, player, and uh, he's got a lot of people interested in him for sure. That's that's for dang sure. What advice would you give to anybody out there that's got a a kid that's getting? A lot of noise in his ear from recruiting. Well, there's just so much research to do for real. You know, the, the thing is to kind of take it day by day, not get overly excited about anything or overly down about it. I mean, this is a really crazy year um, for recruiting. Um, you know, I, I'm not having as many issues as I – my 2022s and 2023s, all of 2024s, that looks good for us. My 2021s, it's a little bit more challenging this year, obviously dealing with this pandemic. Coaches trying to identify how many guys they're going to sign, um, what, how many guys they have coming back. It, 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 I'll tell you guys, it's, it's been a cluster. It, it's um, – I start every morning about 7 a.m. and um, I finished last night about 11:30. Um, so it's just it, it's a pain in the butt to be honest. So really, just stay focused and keep your kids working and and uh, keep everyone humble and and not try and look too far into everything. And then just really just educate yourself. You know, know educate yourself on colleges because one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make is they don't really know. You know, there's a lot of great schools all across the country that have a ton to offer. You just have to look into it. So you need to start identifying, you know, what you want to do with your life and looking into the football programs, looking into their academics, because there's so many different ways to, you know, to skin a cat, right? There's a lot of different opportunities that I think a lot of, that most of us just don't really look at. Um, and 
And uh, outside of that top 25, <laughs> it, you know, people don't really look at what's really going on and other opportunities that are out there for, for your kid to get a great academic, uh, uh, get great academics and then also get the, the joy of playing college football. How uh, how much, I mean, you kind of alluded to it, but how much of a mess is it going to be uh, with the with kids getting an extra year of eligibility? I know you mentioned 21. Those kids are going to, there's going to be some problems. But, uh, you know, we've talked to Gary Anderson and Kalani Sataki and Kyle Whittingham, and they're all just trying to wrap their brains around what this thing's going to look like because, frankly, I don't think they even know. Yeah, so that's one of the biggest things that's frustrating is you're you're talking about kids who have the talent, who can play, and the coach is like, yeah, well, I love them. Like, we really like them. And it's like, okay, well, let's move forward. And it's like, well, we can't move forward. We don't know what we're doing. And so everyone is kind of in the same. So I, I've spoken literally in the last two weeks, I bet we've, I've spoken to over 100 different schools, mm-hmm. coaches. And all of them are kind of the same. Like, yeah, we don't really know. Um, it looks like most guys are looking to, you know, besides the biggest schools in the country, most schools are looking to sign maybe six to 12 kids this year. Um, that's about the number I'm hearing. So that, you know, hands, that's a big deal, man, when you go from signing 25 to six to 12, right? That That's, that's you know, less than half of what you usually sell, uh, what, what you usually sign. So it, it's, there's a lot of stuff that the guys are trying to figure out and then they have to figure out, okay, if we're only signing six, how many offers do we shoot out? What positions are those? Um, it's just, you know, a lot of guys are going to be waiting until March and even April um, to identify where they're going to be playing college football. Another thing that's tough is we don't know what the NCAA is going to do. We're in a dead period until January. Do they push that dead period past January? If you push it past January, you're going to have kids signing to go play college football on a at a school that they never even stepped on the campus, haven't met the you know coaches face to face. It really is a it's a challenging time. And, and another issue, and I'll let you guys we'll move on. Um, another issue is coaches haven't been able to get eyes on kids, actually eye test them, see, see them face to face. So actually, Alpha, we're going to do a uh, on the November seventh. We're going to do just a measurement day, um, official measurements, and then we're going to put that out on. Uh, um, do official measurements for everyone in the state who wants to get their official measurements done. Um, so we can put that out on, on uh, alpha, alpha recruits, uh, alpha measurements.com. So that send that link to every single college coach in the country. Uh, so they can go into this, look at what Utah has to offer. They'll be able to see their picture, um, uh, their height, their weight, their hands, their wingspan. So, so coaches can get a chance to see a kid face to face as closely as you if, if you call looking on the internet face to face, that's the closest they can get to them now. Well, I'm going to ask you a question that when we meet up for pre and post, you're going to yell at me and say, "Why would you ask me such a stupid question?" I just want to I want to prepare you, okay? Thank you. Well, right. I'm used to that, Hans. I mean, I'm not from Scotty G, but I'm but I am used to that from you. Um, the professionalism usually isn't there like it is with Scotty, but we but we've already. The, the listeners know, and, and we've already actually um, adjusted. We, we've come to that. Yeah, we've come to that conclusion. We know. We know how the questions come. So go ahead, Hans. Go ahead. Okay. With that being said, with the warning, with the warning being given, you're you're getting ready for to play Georgia, right? Their defense. You're getting ready to play Georgia. You've got BYU's team as it currently stands, but you've got the option to play Zach Wilson at quarterback or Taysom Hill at quarterback. Who are you playing? Wow. Whoa. Wow. 
Well, you know how big of a fan I am of Taysom. You know what he what he means to Cougar Nation, um, what he means to the Snowdens and, and the family, and um, and he's in the NFL. I mean, it's just kind of hard. I mean, he's he's a guy who's, who who just you know got paid in the NFL and he's done a lot. But if I'm going to play Georgia right now, I'm going to play Zachary Wilson. Period. Ooh. Wow. Okay, then then I, with that being said, I'm going to throw this at you. Wow. Zach Wilson is the greatest quarterback to play at BYU since. Let me uh, wow. let me let me uh, give you my response to that because uh, we've talked about that. Uh, my my initial thought when I when we said that I said Max Hall. But I'm now starting to think we may need to go back a little bit more past Max Hall. Because yeah, I think – I, I, uh, I mean, John Beck was a – Second-round pick. Pretty, yeah, I mean, he's a second-round draft pick. I, I think you have to go to John Beck. I think John Beck is where I would go. And, and, and obviously, I, I mean, I think Zach's ceiling is really, really high. I mean, he just – you know, he, he, he's just doing everything right. I mean, obviously, um, a homegrown kid um, out of the mighty Corner Canyon um, uh, from Corner – what are they, the horses? What are they, the stallions or something? I can't remember. The Chargers. But, uh, the Chargers, yeah. So, Corner Canyon, he's a Charger. Um, Zach Wilson is special. So, I mean, it's hard to go – you've got to go back a while um, to really find someone that you would just say, hands down, this quarterback is better. Then he's just better. Now, obviously, I think that's a tough question. I mean, I do think that Zach has more upside than Taysom um, as a quarterback, just because he has—he's just such an unbelievable pocket passer, um, and he can run around pretty nicely as well. Um, but I would say I would say John Beck is who I would go to. I mean, that's our last big-time highest draft pick quarterback. And I and do I think that Zach Wilson is a first rounder? I do. Wait a minute, a first rounder in. Eventually, or a first-rounder in 2021 if he so decides to go? Well, I mean, I think he's going to have a really nice shot to be a first-rounder in 2021 uh, for a few reasons. You've got the, you've got five quarterbacks who are all very good, but one of the things that about Zach is I think he will test very well. His, the, the, the time he spends understanding the game um, – he's going to test well. He's going to grade out really well. Also, he can run. He's got a good, he's got a big arm. He's, he has the measurements. Um, and, and he's a good looking dude. I mean, who doesn't want to draft a dude who's good, uh, the face of the franchise. He's got the, I mean, people love Zach Wilson. So I do think he could squeak into the first round this year. You're saying he's, He's not Andrew Luck out there, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, it is. I'm not judging any. I, 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 I'm not going to talk about the next man. I mean, I, I'm just going to say that Zach Wilson has the look of of uh, a franchise quarterback that I think that you want to represent your 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 your, pro, your organization. So I do think Zach could drop in the first round this year. Especially, I don't see him slowing down at all. I think things are going to really, really um, pick up for him. Another thing is he's playing this year without a, an All-American tight end. Um, and I'm not knocking our receivers. We have solid receivers. But but no one, NFL scouts aren't looking at our receiving core saying, hey, he's throwing to a bunch of first-rounders. Um, so, Let's say a few years from now uh, your son's a, you know, a junior and, and uh, the NFL 
does you know they they get their evaluation and they say we anticipate this kid will be a third round pick or a fourth round pick what's the number if you were advising zach wilson what would be the round number where that you would say you need to go is it is it need top to be four, a first top, or a three no, no, top top four rounds i would even go four four okay for a quarterback the quarterbacks do very well who get drafted in those top four rounds you stay around that business for a while um, so, so I, I would advise Zach if he if, if if they say he can be picked up within the fourth four, four rounds, I would be gone. Well, then he's gone. Bye-bye. Then he's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 like I said, I believe he will be gone this year. He, I mean, you just, I mean, there's not going to be much more to prove. I, I think that they can go undefeated this year. I don't want to get ahead of myself because I am a, I am a still a BYU grad and an alumni, and I still have a lot of, I obviously have a lot of love. BYU football, even though my business, I deal with all types of schools, and I have a son who graduated from Weber State and was at Utah State. I know all these coaches love them and respect them, um, so I don't like to go too far when I talk about BYU because I get, um, I still believe in the jinx system, so I'm not going to go too far. I do believe that they should win a lot of games, and I do believe that Zach Wilson's numbers mm-hmm. are going to be extraordinary. I think it's extraordinary what he's already doing, and I think he, I think that he, he, he might see a little bit more. And then it's going to be nice to see what he does against a San Diego State defense and a Boise State defense, um, respected programs, and then obviously whoever they face in the bowl game. If he does what he, what, what I think he can do, I think he'll be gone early. Um, he'll be a top. He'll go in the top four rounds. And right now, I would expect him to go no later than mid, mid second early third at the latest um and and to answer your question if my son was that kid then they told me that my first question would be i I would know what how he's going to test because that's one of the things as you guys know how are you going to test when you go to the combine how are you going to test in your one-on-one workout how is he going to run and i know all of those questions on zach so i just there's just no way that he'll be back playing for byu next year sorry to the nation yeah, it's a heartbreaker. It's a heartbreaker because he's he's so much fun, and I'd love to see him in a regular scheduled season where, you know, you get to see him against some of those big programs, and um, it it'll be a bummer to see him go. But uh, yeah, but, but the thing is, you you've seen him again. I mean, you've seen him as a young player who wasn't even 100% healthy against the big schools. And you saw him beat USC, uh, score the winning touchdown right on that run, made some big throws. I mean, so he he's played. The, the thing is, he's already played the big schools. He's played Utah, the great defenses, and he's and he's played fine, right? So you know what he can do, and know, and he was very young at that time and wasn't 100% healthy. And the NFL is very aware, as you know, hands of his story, right? When mm-hmm. if he ever got a full spring to actually prepare for a season, right. um, he, he, none of that happened for Zach. So now we got a chance to see him really put in work. He's traveled the country. He's 100% committed to the way he eats, the way he lives, and the way he watches film. Um, it, it's, exci- it's an exciting time to be a BYU fan. Uh, it's an exciting time to be – you know, uh, from Utah, seeing a kid that's a Utah homegrown quarterback potentially be a first-round draft pick this season. Well, I wanted to talk to you about this BYU offense. You and I have watched Aaron Roderick for the last, I don't know, you go, you, you know, he was a GA for that 2001 BYU yeah. football team. No, not that, 2001. He, 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 that's 2000. He, he was a GA when we were there, but. Yeah, no, no, yeah, for our senior year, but he was also a GA for that 2001 team that nearly went undefeated. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was. You're right. So, so he was, you know, he was around then. He was a part of the 2008 undefeated 
Utah offense. You know, we've seen him as a, as a coordinator. We've watched him long enough to know his influence. And will when this is my observations, and I can't get away from it because BYU is is mum about this, and and that's fine. They can handle it the way they want. But are are you not seeing a lot of Aaron Roderick influence in in the offense that we're watching? Oh, a ton. I mean, and, and, and with that being said, Hans, yeah, yes, I, I can tell you, I know for a fact that there's a lot of influence on Aaron, uh, with Aaron, um, and that just says a lot also about Jeff Grimes, because um, Grimes is a smart enough man to say, you know what, because you know, I, I just know the business and I deal with coaches all the time, and a lot of times coaches won't get out of the way; they can't, they, they can't get out of their own way, right? Um, and uh, obviously, Coach Grimes is someone who's, who has given him more power. Um, and Kalani has given him more power to really be involved with game planning and the play calls during the game. Um, so I know for a fact those two are bouncing a lot off of each other. Um, and uh, A-Rod has taken his play calling and his creativity to a whole different level. I think anyone who sits out a year and just gets to be able to reevaluate everything you've done, everything you've learned, what you've done right, what you've done wrong, how, the fl- how a game should be called, really the flow of the game, um, uh, you learn a lot, and, and A-Rod has definitely learned a lot, and um, he's going. He's a big-time coordinator. He is a big-time coordinator, um, and I'm confident he'll be the next OC at BYU if we can keep him. Well, I just think that there's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are getting a lot of uh, a lot of attention off of this, and I think that the fact that, you know, and, and Hans mentioned this the other day that. Oh, let's talk about his trips to California to meet with John Beck and and some of these other gurus. Uh, let's not forget about the fact that the guy that spent every day with him um, over the last you know two two years working with him to get him to the point is Aaron Roderick. And I think A Rod's name needs to be talked about any time we talk about the success of Zach Wilson. But you know that's just me. But I, I yeah, think no, that, I, I think that I needs agree. to be out there. I, I agree, and, and that happens a lot in, in today's world with, you know, there's so many people out there training and doing great training work. Um, but I, the, the thing is, the, regardless of it all, is the fact that, that Zach is such a sponge for information. Right? Yeah. He's, he, he's able to take the information he's getting from, obviously, his biggest mentor who spends the most time with him, A-Rod, and Coach Grimes and that whole staff and his teammates. But also when you're able to go and work with John Beck and get a chance to work with these big-time NFL quarterbacks who have, um, who have done it on, at such a high level for such a long period of time, a lot of young players are too dumb to actually really sponge, to be the sponge and just be like, dude, I'm just going to shut up and listen. I'm just going to shut up and watch. That's one of the biggest things that I see the changes of, of how, how players are. Um, I, I spend my time with my son all the time saying, son, be a sponge. Watch as much film as you can. And don't just watch just the corners who are playing today. Be a sponge and look back at 20 years ago what corners were doing, how they played. Watch the Deion uh, Sanders film. Watch the Daryl Green film. Watch film over and over and over again, and that's what Zach Wilson has done. That's why everyone makes all these comparisons to who he is and, and what he does. But I, I, I see a lot of, of players in the way that he plays, and that comes down to watching film and just being a true student of the game. And you can get so much better just doing that. And that's the biggest thing I'm seeing from Zach is, like, the mechanics obviously are there, the footwork's there, his explosion's there. But more importantly, when you're talking about running an NFL organization or a top 
Division One football program like Brigham Young, you've got to be a student of the game. And he's coming in each week prepared, confident. Uh, the dude has a lot of swag and moxie. It's just fun to watch. I mean, it's really fun to watch. And I haven't seen a player with his type of flair at quarterback since McMahon. I mean, uh, Sark had a lot of flair, too. I, I enjoyed watching him. But, but Zach Wilson, man, is, is a special dude. I mean, he, period. He's just a special guy. Well, I called up our buddies at the TridayTrading.com studio. I've, I've had them stock their snack bar and their drinks, and everything is ready to go for Saturday. So BYU, Texas State, it's uh, going to be a good one. Uh, I just want to make sure that you're good to go. What are your favorite snacks in that snack bar that they have? <laughs> well, you know, um, you know, we've been doing the day. What, what week are we on now? Six for yeah. BYU. I've done five. I've I've done five pre games. Are we five and zero? Oh? Oh, no, I've done four pre games, mm-hmm. and I've I figured out. And this is just Saturdays. I've gained an additional nine and a half pounds um, <laughs> from from four Saturdays of, of, of drinking the finest sodas, um, the, 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 the cherry Pepsi, the Mountain Dew, the Sunkiss. Uh-huh. I, I, I had a root beer. Um, I also had a, a, a delicious Coca-Cola, um, maybe six to seven delicious Coca-Colas. Um, <laughs> A lot of fruit by the foots. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Will goes to the fruit, fruit by the foot. Really? Yeah, in fact, he was pretty belligerent when they were out. <laughs> All right. So Hans and, I, Hans and I were just having this conversation. If you, uh, you're, you're, let's say you're making a road trip, you walk into a gas station, you grab, mm-hmm. you know, your ice cold Coca-Cola. What's the, what's the, uh, what's the, what's the road snack? What are you going with? Well, well listen, I, I usually – uh, do you know what a plethora is? I do not know if you know what that word means. Yes. <laughs> I like to get a plethora of different treats. So I have to have something that is actually chewy. So like a gummy, I'll probably go with some uh, some delicious uh, sweetest fish. Um, and then I would probably grab some chips. Um, but if I could only do one thing, one tri- treat, I'm, I'm, I'm weak for Gordettos. <laughs> really yeah that's yeah. strange that that, that that caught me off guard right there yeah i'm weak for them they're, they're good because there's so many different flavors and different things you know you've got the uh the pretzel bites and then the the hard things i uh, yeah, I, I enjoy the i enjoy gordettos you must have good teeth uh boy i tell you what you know the the other day i watched like an uber violent movie and i can't remember what it was and i remember at the end of it thinking i bet will really enjoyed that movie yeah i, I like violent movies I, I like action films was that the new um, rambo may have been the new rambo oh man i love the new Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I love all those type of films you know I, and it's funny because my brother um He's a more civilized man than me. I take it. Um, I always watch these John Wick films, yeah. and, and I and I put my brother on it, and he called me, and he's like, "That was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life." Like, I couldn't even get to it, and and, um, and and I guess I'm just more of a simple man because I feel like, and and I understand why someone like Hans would love uh, John Wick because we're dog lovers. And so that first John Wick obviously starts with sending John Wick on a on a terror over the over a gentleman who 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 
um, did something to his puppy. And I feel like that's probably what I would do if someone did that to my puppy. Yep. Will, we appreciate your time as always. It's good to catch up with you and uh, look forward to catching up with you again here very soon. Scotty, always a pleasure. Hands, uh, I'll see you on Saturday, (laughs) sir. Uh, uh, And um, I'm glad the treats are stocked, and you guys do an unbelievable job. Um, I'm I'm excited to see this mighty Texas State team. They look like um, they're going to take a real beating on Saturday, and and I expect expect them to take a beating. There's there's a reason why we didn't bring up a second of Texas State in this conversation, because they're not worth talking about. Yeah, not a lot to talk about here, but there's still trap games out there, so BYU has to be ready. Appreciate you guys. You got it, Will. There you go, Will Snowden right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Take a quick break. Come back. We're live here at Tim Daly Infinity, 4594 South State Street. These Infinities are priced to move, and you can have one of them. 0% financing, lease options, uh, used inventory. You want an Infinity? Now's the time to make it happen right here on The Zone Sports Network. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Craig Bowlerjack. What do you think the Jazz offseason priorities would be? Obviously Donovan, number one, and then Rudy, number two, and Jordan Clarkson, 2A. I think you have to keep the bench solid with Jordan Clarkson as a centerpiece that comes off that bench. And then the big discussion, you know, how many beans are going to be in the box? We don't know. And the Jazz actually, with the situation of COVID, no fans in the stands, it's been difficult because of COVID. So that brings me then to the next question is, you pay one player max, then you have another player who is qualified for super. Supermax, and that's where the discussion gets heavy. It's going to be interesting to see how this all turns out. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Uh, BYU getting set to take on Texas State. And uh, BYU welcoming in 6,000 fans into the stadium on Saturday. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Finally get to open things up a little bit. Yeah, that's going to be good, man. <laughs> 6,000 fans. 6,000 fans get to watch a 50-point blowout. Oh. Uh, I wouldn't spend my money on it. It's when you watch from home. You watch the first quarter, and then you'll want to go get some road tacos with some extra sour cream. Do you like a road taco? Oh, hey, that taco place is open, Scotty. It is, yeah. Man, I really want to try that taco place. Do you like a road taco? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you, do you like it with guacamole or sour cream? Um, a little combination of both. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 6,000 fans will be treated to Texas State. So there's some – the Cougar Tells will be back. Okay. So BYU is going to be 7-0 and going into Boise State. Yes. And you saw the piece that Pete Thamel put out today about Zach Wilson. Yes, very much so. He's very, very complimentary. Oh, it was a bathing. Yes. It was a bathing in praise, and everybody that was that surrounds him bathed in praise. I do think that uh, Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick have a responsibility to shield a little bit. I also know that Zach's dad is extremely grounded. His dad needs to shield a little bit. Well, 
people have been asking Kalani, and Kalani's been really defensive about it. Like, we're just focused on the next game, focused on the next game. And I get it. And and in Kalani's mind, he probably is. But, look, I'm not going to lie. If I'm Zach Wilson, I'm, what, 20 years old, 21 years old, whatever the case might be. He's pretty old. And I'm hearing that stuff. I'm soaking it up. You talk about Will being a sponge. I'm a, I'm just, yes, more of this, please. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think the coaches, I think the parents need to have a big responsibility to make sure that they do all they can to keep that kid grounded. He's got to keep his eye on the prize because you really can start to drink your own Kool-Aid and, and it could get bad. You could be 7-0 and and not even really know who you are yeah. before you get into Boise State. Exactly. We'll see who Houston is. I had a coach tell me that Houston's not good. I did. I, I heard that as well. Yeah. I had a coach say, don't be tricked by Houston. That was a, It was a decent win. It's not a good win. It's a decent win. Boise State would be a good win at this point. Now, we don't even know exactly what Boise State looks like. That's why I'm so pumped about this Utah State-Boise State yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, that game's on Saturday. And one thing, you look at the Boise State defense, they lost Curtis Weaver, who's one of the best defensive players ever to play in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, stole Jan Jorgensen's sacks, or sack record for most sacks in a career at uh, in the Mountain West Conference. So that's a big loss. But they've got a defensive backfield with a couple corners and a safety that are really, really good. And they return. So so I think it that's going to be a test for these BYU receivers and certainly a test for Zach. So make sure he's not getting too much of his own drink. And, and I, I, I'm glad that he's got the family he's got. Yeah. And I'm glad that he's got the staff that he's got. I'm sure Roderick's paying attention to that because things are starting to hit a, a real epic level. And, Scotty, you got two more games to get yourself to 7-0. And in these two games, Zach Wilson is going to look – like Joe freaking Montana. Yes. Yep. And by the time you get there, he's already leading in percentage, passing percentage. I think he's second in yardage per game. This offense is fifth in the country in yardage per game. He's already up there on top of everything. By the time you get done with these two, he should be leading in almost every major statistical quarterback category. Yeah. Coming into Boise State, you better realize that 7-0 and is a lot of hype and fuzz right now. It's a lot of hype and fuzz. It's a lot of pub and just it's there's a lot of empty in it. So make sure when you get there, you understand there's a lot of empty in this 7-0. and Boise State is going to be the first liquid. It really gets poured into that jar. Yep. Hans and Scotty here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. We'll talk some Texas State next. Their beat writer joins us straight ahead right here on The Zone Sports Network.